as many of you might have heard about the apparent empowerment uh, of this weekend and definitely trying to bring awareness of empowering our fathers and growing. So we just want to take this time. Um, many of the churches at the 12 o'clock hour are praying together for this unity. So we want to take this time to just, just collectively pray with the Father. And those who might be sitting next to their, their father or a father, if you make sure you just grab that person's hand and, and maybe the, those around can put their hands on that person. We just show an agreement as we're praying for our many fathers here. And then also, you know, those fathers who are, who are not here, uh, but we can lift them up so they might be on vacation, might be traveling, but we want to lift up all the fathers. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let us bow. Father, we come to you right now, Lord, who has truly given us the example of a great father. And, Father, we thank you that your example, Father, was given in such a way so that we can understand what it means to be your children. And, Father, children of you, Father, we pray for these fathers to continue to raise their children in the admonition of you, God. Father, we pray for their strength and their courage, that they will stand up definitely in times such as these, God, and be the men, the father you have called them to be. And, Father, we pray for our community and our society, how some fathers have been getting bad names, Almighty Father, that these men uh, can stand up and be a beacon, for they can have a great example of what a father is, Almighty God, that when they see these men standing up, being father to their children, Lord, some are surrogate fathers, some are just role models as fathers, but, Lord, they are helping and being role models for some young men and some young women within the community, Almighty Father, Lord. We lift them up right now, Almighty Almighty God. Father, we thank you, Lord, for many of the fathers who take the time to pour into their children's lives, Lord, to be a father, Lord, to their children. Be there, Lord, in the good times and the bad times, Lord. We thank you for these fathers, Lord, that love their mothers and show them how the child, a young man should treat a woman, Almighty Father. We thank you for these fathers. And, Lord, we pray for this church that we will continue to surround and uplift, Lord, family values. That the community knows, Lord, how you have brought marriage together. Lord, they understand how a mother and a father make up a family. And they will understand how a husband and a wife makes up a family. And, Lord, that the commandments you gave to be fruitful and multiply came with responsibilities of training the children so that they know who you are. Father, we're praying for each household that is represented here, God. That unity will be continue to grow in that household. That reconciliation will continue to be shown within that household. That mercy will continue to be shown within that household. Father, move within them as only you can. And Father, when all is said and done, we'll give you the glory and we'll give you the praise. Because we realize, Lord, it was by you that you have kept them together, Lord. It was by your strength that have kept them together, Lord. Through many trials and tribulations, Almighty Father, you've given them the strength to stay together, to be loving to that child. Lord, we know every child wasn't always obedient, but God, by your mercy, hallelujah, Lord, you kept them safe. As the song said, you kept them uh, from the snares of the enemy, Lord. You blocked uh, temptation and, and the devil tried to get them, but Jesus died on the cross, so we are no longer damned, but we have been given, hallelujah, Lord, eternal life through Jesus. And so it's in his name, Father, Lord, we pray. And we'll be so mindful, give you all the glory and all the praise. Let all those agree. Say amen. 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 Happy Father's Day to all the fathers in this place. Amen. Amen. As we're dealing with Father's Day, uh, we're going to deal with 
as, a, as our example of the best father in the whole world. God, our father. I know many dads have number one dad on their mugs and t-shirts and ties and hats that you so often wear. But yet there's one, God, one father that's above all, and that's our God. And our father shows us love in no ordinary way. Uh, he does not love us like everybody else. When you look at love in the dictionary, uh, love is expressed as an intense emotion or affection for something. It is dumbed down to an intense emotion. But many of us can testify that the person you might be sitting next to, you love, but you don't always feel intensely <laughs> about that person in an affectionate way. Because you may love that same person while you are intently giving that person a whooping. And I talked to some fathers in this place. You, you love them, but you're not intensely affectionately loving them, but you got to give them the rod so you can make sure that child knows how to grow. There's some times that you might be upset, and just because you are upset does not mean you do not love that person, but yet at that moment, at that time, something happened that that intense emotion is not there. So love is not limited to an intense affection or emotion, or maybe some people say that love is that feeling that you feel, that when you get that feeling that you feel. Well, that might be love, but that's not God's love. Uh, lo love does not base on just, if I feel this way, then I must love you. But God says that he, that the Bible tells that God is love. So God's love is demonstrated how he treats us. His love is not just based on intense emotion, but yet on his every daily activity in our lives. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Love should not be just a noun. Love should always be a verb. It should be either giving action or be receiving action. You should either be the direct object or the indirect object or the subject of love. Love should never be a static thing that you visit every now and then. On impulse, you may go to a restaurant because you're in mood for seafood. So you go to that certain restaurant. On impulse, you might go to that barbecue place because you want some good barbecue. That's on impulse. It's something static when you feel that way. But yet, you know you eat every day because you need it to survive. In the same process, God knows we need love in order to survive. So he doesn't give us no ordinary love. But he gives us extraordinary love love. His love is great. And I want to look, as we look into this letter of John in the third chapter, verses 1 through 10, I want us to look at these principles of love and then also look at the response that love brings. That, that love will motivate you, it will push you to go above and beyond expectations you might have had for yourself. Love will make you look and want to know someone better, and when you know them better, you want to do uh, better. When you love someone, you should never ever have to always defend yourself, but it should be known that I love you and that you love me. It, it's good to hear those words every now and then, but it's also good to see those actions continuously. 
So let's look at this letter in 1 John chapter 3. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. The Word of God says, See how very much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children. And that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. Dear friends, beloved brothers and sisters, we are already God's children. But he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him. For we will see him as he really is. And all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure just as he is pure. I'll stop right there. I read verses 1 through 3. No ordinary love. Looking at how the dictionary in the world describes love as emotions and as an affection. But I want you to look at the example he gives here that you can see evidence of love. First evidence that you are loved, that you are called God's children. You are called God's children. You see, the verb is past tense. It's completed. That means the action has already been done. You are already called God's children. You're not waiting to be called his child. You are already welcomed into the family. When you are adopted in the family, you receive all the privileges and the rights of the family. And therefore, by you confessing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God now calls you his child. And since he calls you his child, it should make you understand that that's why some people in the world might not like you. And why is that? That they do not like you. Well, first and foremost, they don't like your daddy. There's some people that you know that don't like your children because they don't like their parents. Am I talking to somebody here? They don't like your daddy, so they don't like you. They don't like that family name, so every time they hear that family name, they're talking about you. Oh, there's nothing good from that family. I, I know that family. They're a bunch of thieves, a bunch of liars. They, they don't, they're, they're, they're no good. Don't go down to that house. That's how the world is, because the world, when it looks at God, can see how disgusting it really is. And nobody likes to be reminded how bad they are. The world is going to be destroyed. Loving the world, loving money. The, the Bible tells us that the root of, of evil is the love of money. Because when you love the money, you become a lover of the world. John, in the third chapter, goes on to say those who love the world are what? enemies to God. So when you are embracing this world, you're saying, God, you're not my father, but then you're saying the devil is my father. Jesus says, many of you say that God's your father, but you're acting like bastards, like you don't have a daddy. You're acting like the devil is your father. Am I talking to somebody here this morning? I, I know you're not going to stand up and clap about this. That's all right. But that's what the Word of God says. We get so caught up trying to please everybody instead of pleasing the one who loves us the most. He, 
the, it opens up, says, see or behold how great he loves you. Do you see how great he loves you? How great does he love me? He calls you his child. What does that mean? He calls me his child. Well, let's look at the history. The history says that God called Israel his children. And he says, I will be your God and you will be my people. And he told them that you would never be begging. Says you will be the head. And not to tell, am I talking to somebody here? He said that you will be always giving and never lending. He said that when you obey my commands, these are the blessings that my children receive. We, we also know that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Those who humbly serve him, follow his precepts, and truly have them hidden within his heart. God has some blessings in store for you. Is it, is it a privilege being called God's child? See, that's why we need to make sure that people call us children of God. How that saying goes that they call me every name but a child of God? Well, maybe sometimes they call you every name but a, but a child of God because that's how you are acting. People know you by your actions more than what you say. You can say, I'm going to be on time, but they already know you're always late. You can say, I'm going to give you money, but they always know you never give. You can say a lot of things, but people are waiting for those actions to match up with those words. But we don't have to do so with God, because as soon as we say that God created the earth, we can say, look at the evidence. <laughs> When God says something happens, uh, all you have to do is go back in the beginning of Genesis. And God said, let there be light. And everything that could become light started straining to become possibility. As soon as God said let, and as soon as light came, it showed up. That's God that his words bring forth action. God said, I love you. So since I love you, action has already been done. He called you children. Do you see? When he does something, he has already prepared it and worked it out. Am I talking to somebody here? Am I making sense to anybody? All I'm trying to break down to you is this. That God loves you in such an extraordinary and wonderful way that it's just like a baby. A baby being born in the hospital cannot leave that hospital until they have it secured in a chair in that car, a car seat. They won't let that child go home if it's not properly secured. And not even that, that, that baby cannot be released from the hospital unless that baby has a name so they can put it on record so the state can have it. Preparation is or is being done for, for this baby. And watch this, they have the documents prepared for the child. Are y'all with me here? So the baby is being born, but already preparations have been prepared for the child. Many parents take their child home to a room already decorated. They don't have to make the bed, they lay the baby down in the bed. Why? Because they call that baby their child. Many times before the baby's even born, they say, this is my baby. Before the baby's even present, they say, I'm going to name my child. They speak in the past tense because they already made up in their mind. No matter what comes, this is the name of the child. This is the home of the child. This is where it's going to live. That's what God said before you was even thought of or been made up. He already made up his mind that these are going to be mine. Children. 
Am I talking to somebody? Say amen if you're with me. Just talk to me. Let me know. Quick, you say amen or quick, and I'll get done. I, I just want to let you know that I want you to understand that he loves you in such a way that he's prepared blessings for you. That baby did not make his bed, but it has the bed to lay down. <laughs> Jesus told the disciples that in my father's house are rooms of many mansions. And here's my favorite part, that good old King Jesus said he's going to prepare a place for us. Isn't that good news? That we as children of God get to share with our God. And so since we are children of God, then what do children aspire to be like most? To be like their parents. I want to be like my daddy. My daddy to me is the smartest man in the world. I don't care who you introduce me to. My dad's the smartest man in the world because I know him and he knows me. And therefore, I know he knows about me. So therefore, there's nobody else that can handle Sam's problems better than my daddy. Am I talking to somebody here? Because he knows me and I know him. And I know him because he first loved me. And since my dad loved me, he made sure that I knew him. And since I loved him, I wanted to know him. Are y'all with me here? We as children do not know what we're going to yet be like, but yet we know we're going to be like him. And we're going to see him. But in order for me to be like him, in order for me to see him, I first have to know him. And that's why the world is so much confused and they don't know who they are. Am I talking to somebody here? Am I hurt somebody's feeling? I'm born this way. Hello. There's a gay gene, so I'm born this way. Uh, uh, God made them at, uh, Adam and Eve. Uh, he made them male and female. He made them male and he made them a man and woman. That, that's how he made them. He told them to be fruitful and multiply. Not only did he do it that time, but when he flooded the earth, he again got male and female. I think if God had to start all over again, he'll do male and female. He does not do male and male and female and female. That's not the family structure that God is going. Somebody might get mad at me. Somebody might be listening to this on the internet and might not listen to sermons no more. But this is the word of God. And we got to make sure the world knows that for God so love you in this way. But if the world don't like me, that's all right, because they didn't like my Jesus. And I'm, letting them, I'm a child of God, so you can hate me now. Because my father, he loves me in no ordinary way. See, your love on, on me is based on how you feel about me. But I, I go back to old school, my hip-hop people, Kumo D, how you like me now? I'm going to do it my way. I, 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 I want to make sure that God understands the, how I'm living, that I will be pure like he is pure. Because the text breaks down that there's evidence of knowing that who he is. Looking at verse 9. To those who have been born into God's family do not make practice of sinning because God's life is where? Is in them. Or it says his seed is where? In them. So they cannot keep on sinning because they are children of God. Now, I, I want us to look at that and look at this word here. It says, says, no one who is born of God practices sin or continues to sin. For what this means here, that we as sinners 
who all fall short of the glory of God, confess to God to forgive us of our sins. Does not mean that we are sinless, but y'all know where I'm going, but we sin less. Those who are continuing in sin are saying, Lord, I love you, but I'm still going to be a thief. Wait a minute. No, 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 no. If you love me, you will do my commands. If you love me, they will call you a children of me. You will be like me. He says, so those who are, are of, born of God, what? Practice, do not practice sin. Because his seed abides in them. They're of him. And then it goes on that they, and he cannot sin. He's unable to sin because he's born of God. I want to, what I want to break down that we should be praying to God each and every day. Lord, break my heart. We will break yours. Lord, if you hate pornography, let me hate pornography. You hate getting drunk, Lord, let me hate getting drunk. Lord, you hate gossip, let me hate gossiping. Lord, you hate unethical people, let me be ethical on my job, Lord. Let me not cut corners and make the books look right. Let me not be late but say I'm on time. Lord, let me honor you as you will have me to honor you, not to be like the world. The world will practice things that are not of God because they don't know God and they don't love God. Wait a minute. Pastor, wait a minute. Sam, uh, I love God, but I've messed up every now and then. Well, just go back to the beginning of 1 John. It says this, that if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just a cleanser of all unrighteousness. So now that you have that under control, you need to go and confess now and repent now and say, Lord, let me live like I'm your child. Let people realize when they see me, they see something that's greater in me. And what's greater in me, God, is your gift of your Holy Spirit. That when I want to lie, the Holy Spirit is going to remind me, Sam, don't go there. When I, my eye starts wanting the Holy Spirit to remind me, nah, nah, think these things. The Word of God is letting you know that when you are at your job and the opportunity comes for you to fatten your checkbook, when opportunities may come that you can cut some corners just to get ahead, it's to come back to your remembrance that I'm a child of God. And since I am a child of God, I should reflect his principles. I shouldn't do what everybody else is doing, but I should do what God has called me to do. I don't want to be accepted in this world because me being accepted in this world makes me a child of the devil. Did you not see that in verse 10? So, no, we can tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil. Wait a minute. So we can know. It can be made known. It's manifest by action. I know an apple tree by its fruit. So therefore, I will know a child of God by their fruit. Mm. Mm. And it says here, is anyone who does not live righteously, does not love other believers does not belong to God. Ouch! Continuously living in sin, I'm saying, Lord, I don't love you. Uh, when I don't love my brother as I stood, I'm saying, Lord, I do not love you. When I don't do right when I should do right, I'm saying, Lord, I do not love you. Somebody say, ouch. That should hurt us deeply. First Thessalonians 4 chapter says, God's will that you should abstain from sexual 
immorality. And it goes on to say that when you do this, you are sinning against God. You're breaking God. What God is saying, it is your will that you should be holy. It's, as God said, it's my will that you should be holy and pure, be righteous. But yet when we are not being righteous, we're saying, God, I don't love you enough. But yet when we talk about God's love, we say, look how much he loves us. And what he has given us. He has given us royalty. How has he given us royalty? We are co-heirs with Christ. He has given us a kingdom. What kingdom? Jesus came and said, repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. (laughs) He's given us so much. So we see evidence of his love. So my question to you, what is your evidence of love to God? Just showing up on Sunday morning is good, but that's not evidence. There's some devils that show up in church. So just having a good attendance, does that mean that you're showing I love the Lord? But yet, when you daily... Love your brother and your sister when you're daily being patient and humble and serving them just as Christ has served us. Then you're showing them no ordinary love. And we look at this love that God gives us. God does not want us to live like we're children of the devil, but live like his children. And when we live, at, live like his children, look at verse 3. It says, in all we have, This eager expectation will keep themselves pure, just as he is pure. Because look at verse 4. Everyone who sins is breaking God's law, for all sin is contrary to the law of God. And you know that Jesus came to take away our sins. And there is what? No sin in him. Being loved by God should motivate me to be like God. Me being loved by my father motivated me to be like my father. I wanted my dad to be proud to call me his son. I wanted my mother proud to call me her son. That when I brought home my grades, I wanted them to see them and say, well done, son. And they know when they didn't see my grades, they, I, I didn't see them either. Because <laughs> I did not want to hear how bad I was, but yet, in spite of my bad grades, I kept on hearing, well done, my son. Want to know why? Because they looked at the good I did. If my mom and my dad always got down on where I had my C's, I, I would never, ever made any B's. But yet they looked at the B's and said, you're doing a good job here. Keep on doing that. You like, you like social studies. Well, you know what they did? They bought me books on social studies. My dad would give me his leftover National Geographic magazines. I was learning about the country, reading there. My mom brought me science and math books because I was doing good in math and science. You know, my grades are all right, but they, they had a conduct grade. I talked a lot. So I, I would have made an honor if they didn't have conduct, but I always had C's in conduct. And I wish C stood for good communication, but that's not what it stood for. 
And so in the process that I realized that my mom and dad kept them building Sam up and said, Sam, we're going to make sure you can reach your potential because we love you this much. We see who you can be. We see where you are. But yet we know you're not going to stay there. We're going to push you a little bit further. And that love motivated me to go the extra mile. And it wasn't just their love, but it was their love multiplied by those that were around me. It's amazing how God will place people around you to help multiply his love in your life. The body of Christ should be loving people so much so that every time you step up in here, your face should just light up because of the multiplicity of love in this place. Now, when you walk up in here, you, your frown turns upside down. He said, man, the presence of the Lord is here. I can feel it in the atmosphere. You walk up in here, but some people be walking up in the place with a, froon, with a, a pruned up face, like they've been baptized in lemon juice. But yet, if they walk up in here, we should bless, bless them with the gift of the Holy Spirit that I love you. <laughs> That's why we shake each other's hands and hug one another. And I hope you're not lying when I say Jesus loves you and so do I. Because when we let God move up in us, we realize my love to you is not based on an emotion, but based on the attitude that God has shown me. I will love you with that same attitude. Because I'll tell you the truth. Every day Sam gets here at church, he don't feel like being here. But yet, it's not how I feel. But it's my attitude. And every time, I don't feel like getting here, but when I get here, my attitude picks up a little higher. Because I realize it had nothing to do with Sam, but uh, the grace of God. And when I start thinking about the grace of God, I start thinking about how much uh, he loves us so. Uh, he loves us so much that says that he called us a child. Not that he's going to call us a child, but he has called us a child. So what does that mean? There's some blessings I have already received by just being his child. But yet I'm so glad the blessings do not stop there. Because the text says that we do not know what we shall be. And look at this. It says that we will one day see him. We will one day be like him. But before you will see him, you need to have seen him now. Let me break that down for you. Does it not say those who do not love God have not seen him and have not known him? So if you have not seen him now, how will you see him later? That's the reality. That you can't wait because tomorrow might be too late. But right now, tell somebody, right now, get your house in order. Let the Lord come into your heart and reconstruct that house. Uh, have a truly total makeover right there. Let God uh, build you up a house that will bring tears to your eyes. And you'll be, you be saying, God, move that bus or uh, move that bus or whatever was blocking my view of you before so I could truly see your goodness <laughs> standing before me. And we see that we do not know what we will be. Why? Because to see the fullness of God is beyond our understanding. Now to the one who is able to, to do above and beyond what we can ask or think. 
So it's, un, it's, un, it's unimaginable for me to think where I'm going to be like. But one thing I know that John is making clear to us that we know we'll be like him. And, jo, and John is saying, because I saw Jesus. I saw him uh, walking on water. I saw him multiply fish and bread to feed a multitude. I've seen him say, peace uh, be still and the winds and the water obey. I've I seen him do miraculous uh, things, uh, but then I also saw him take my Jesus and they hung him high on a cross. Uh, they put uh, on their heads the king of the Jews above his head mocking him. I saw blood coming down his face, pierced by thorns, being whipped, blood coming down his sides. His hands and his feet were pierced by nails. But yet I heard him cry out with all the unction he had, Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This Jesus who knew no sin took on all our sin. But I'm so glad that he didn't just stay there on the cross, but he died. <laughs> he sure enough did. Uh, he gave up the ghost and they buried him in a bald man's tomb. But early Sunday morning, he got up. And then when he got up, he said that he spent some time with the apostles. Uh, they said he ate with them. He disappeared. Uh, he had a new body. Uh, a body that was able to hold and hold, but a body that could also disappear and reappear. A body that fixed them breakfast and then ascended up in a cloud. Uh, that body, that body that's right now seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf. Uh, that body, I don't know, because uh, I didn't see that body. I don't know uh, what it's going to be, but I do know uh, one of these mornings uh, you might look for me uh, and I'll be gone. Uh, chains uh, in a twinkling of an eye. When Jesus comes back with all his glory, we all shall be changed to a more glorious body. Not because what we have done, but because what he has provided for us. Because he has called, tell somebody, he's called me. He's called me. Tell somebody, he's called me. His son. His daughter. Whoever you are, say, he's called me. Tell him, tell him, he's called me. Oh, y'all need to say that with an attitude. You say, he's called me his son. He's called me his son. It don't matter what you call Samuel, but my God has called me a son. You can say he's a son or whatever, but I'm a son of the living God. I'm a son of the loving God. And his mercy endureth forever. I'm so glad. Good God from Zion. Oh, good day now, Zion. May the Lord bless you real good. But you ought to be excited that there's a God that calls himself your father. And calls you his children. And loves you. No ordinary way. But he loves you that they hung him high. And they stretched him wide. He hung his head. And for you he died. That's love. They whipped him. All night long. They chastised and mocked him before they took him to the cross. But still he went willfully. That's love. Uh, they couldn't take his life, but he said, I'll give up my life and I'll take it back. Uh, that's love. Uh, he said, I'm preparing a place for you over in glory so that when I come back, you can be with me. Tell somebody, that's love. Uh, I'm not talking about no ordinary love because sometimes I know Sam don't feel like loving some people. Uh, sometimes you might not feel like loving your spouse, uh, but God lets you know it's not how you feel. Just do it. Yeah. Because even when you didn't feel like obeying God, 
2,000 years ago, Jesus prepared for your destination. Just as a parents look at a sonogram and get 3D, look at the picture, still don't know what that baby's going to look like, but have anticipation of who this child, but even when the child is holding in their arms, they still don't know when the child's full grown, what that child is going to look like or what that child is going to do. But our father, he knows what you're going to look like. He knows what you're able to do. And he's willing. Tell somebody, he's willing. Tell somebody, he's more than able to get you there. Tell somebody, that's love. And he won't drag you. But yet, he will, he will push you if you let him push you. He will show you the way if you let him show you the way. But yet, you got to let everybody know that he's in you. Because if he's in you, guess what? He'll come out of you. So let somebody know that you're a child of God and that God lives in you by how you show your righteousness, how you live holy, how you live pure, how you show your love to everyone you meet. Don't be fake. Realize that you might not always feel happy about it, but love is not happiness. Love is a continuous action of submission to God. And submission to God is this. Jesus says, they will know you, my disciples, by how you love one another. Love one another. Show love. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Is there someone here who wants to experience that extraordinary love of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? The Bible just simply says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the grave. You shall be saved. No matter what you have gone through, no matter what you have faced, God's love is that great. And he's willing to forgive you of all that you have done. And he's looking to forgive you in the future. But yet you have chosen to change your life and live for him and be all that he's called you to be. Let Jesus change your heart. Let Jesus change your life. If there's someone here, we want to lead you in this prayer. If there's someone here, we want to lead you in this prayer. Just, 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 just repeat after me saying, Dear Lord Jesus. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And Jesus, I welcome you into my heart to be my personal Lord and Savior. I love you, Jesus, for saving me. I love you, Jesus, for forgiving me. I thank you, Jesus, for your mercy. Still every head bowed and every eyes closed. If you pray that prayer for the first time, raise your hand if that's you in this place. If that's you in this place, no one's look above me if that's you in this place. God bless, God bless. Father, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you that you are a loving God, that your love is no ordinary love, that your love is above and beyond what we can ask or think because your love sustains us, keeps us, and provides for us. Your love provided the perfect sacrifice, your Son, our Lord. And, Lord, now we give our lives back to you as a sacrifice to honor you and to serve you, and show all that see us that we are your children by how we live. Father, have your way. If you can use anything, Lord, use us. We make ourselves available for your glory and for your purpose. 
Let all those agree say amen. Amen. Maybe stand as we extend a hand of discipleship.